Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 71 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. I am your host, Paul Marquis. Today, we are going to be talking about shin splints, pain in the anterior tibial region and uh, what to do with it, where it comes from and uh, how to manage it. Hopefully we're to keep this on a, on a level that's going to be easy to understand. Although it can become very complicated, we're just going to kind of break this down, give you some key pointers that are going to make um, hopefully uh, understanding this a little more fruitful and uh, help you uh, get to uh, treating your patients a little bit uh, more efficiently. So, But before we get started, I'd like to take a moment to hear a word from our sponsor. Do you experience leg and foot fatigue when standing for long periods of time? A main doctor and the company he founded, Mainly Technology Group, have created a high-tech, all-terrain, chemical-free sock designed to reduce fatigue. The Easy Glider Sock has a graduated compression weave to keep blood flowing and to keep you energized. Created by Dr. Lee Thibodeau, the Easy Glider is also frictionless, lightweight, warm, extremely durable, and wicks away moisture. The socks will stay fresh for days, thanks to the organic antimicrobial agent, Kytosan. Easy Glider is the only sock you'll ever need for sports, work, and leisure. To find out more, visit EasyGliderSocks.com. That's EasyGliderSocks.com. Welcome back. Oh my word, shin splints. Uh, such a common term used by so many people uh, for uh, so many different problems. And uh, it's kind of a generic term. So we want to uh, break this down a little bit, see if we can isolate a little bit more. Not all shin splints are treated like uh, the same. Um, and really shin splints is just a general term um, that describes, you know, medial tibial uh, stress syndrome. So, uh, you know, anterior and medial uh, tibial disorders discomfort is very, very common. We see this most often in younger folks, usually in the athletic population. Um, we do seem to notice it a little bit more in those with a little higher BMI and those with a little lower bone density. So, you know, who are some of the high-risk people? Uh, it's those folks. Plus, I've also seen a huge, a huge incidence of um, uh, medial tibial stress syndrome or shin splints with people who have tibial verum, okay? So there's a little bowing of the tibia, not just at the knees and in and, and the femur and tibia combined, but just in the tibia. When you have that tibial verum, the stress um, is placed medially when you strike uh, the floor, and then the arch collapses harder. Anytime that arch collapses harder, anything supporting it can, can work eccentrically too hard and cause some issues. So... Where do these issues come from? Well, oftentimes, um, you know, if it's if you're overstressing, overusing the leg, you'll develop some excessive amount of pulling on the periosteum of the tibia. Okay, now there are several muscles that attach there. So let's start with the the first one, which is something we see quite often. Um, it's the uh, posterior tibial tendon. Now that posterior tib, what's its job? That's the first thing you need to think about. Is you know, where are they tender? Are they tender um, to the medial aspect of the tibia and sometimes just a little bit behind that? Um, make sure too, when you're palpating these folks, that you check left to right, okay? Because some people are very tender around the tibia and that's not uncommon, especially if they have a broad periostitis. Um, and just people in general are tender there. So, 
I would make sure that when you're palpating, you know what tissue you're palpating. So if as opposed to your tib, um, you know, follow that tendon. Start at the navicular and then work your way up around the medial malleolus. Follow that tendon up to the medial um, aspect of the tibia and, and see how tender they are there. The other thing you need to remember is that the posterior tib tendon is a uh, supporter of the medial arch. And it also inverts and plantar flexes the foot. So test that. Have them plantar flex and invert the foot and give them some resistance and see if that increases their pain. Have them go through motion when you test that also, okay? And that can help to, to diagnose this. Um, these people who have um, a, a, a proximal origin situated posterior tib tendonitis or shin splint, um, they do well with an orthotic, okay? You also have to wonder why are they collapsing? Is it because they have to um, turn their legs out a little bit, okay, or retrovert the hips um, to clear the feet better because their calves are so tight? So almost all of these people I see are, are on a calf flexibility program. Um, we will also work on some, uh, you know, strength training, but we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Um, the anterior tib is also a, a stabilizer of the medial arch, okay? It helps to decelerate the foot. Once you strike the heel, um, the anterior tib has to work really hard to help hold that foot from slapping too hard. So, People who are starting to maybe um, like up here in northern Maine where, uh, you know, eight months out of the year, you can't get outside and walk. So they might start walking on a treadmill. People who walk on a treadmill are at higher risk of having anterior um, tibial tendonitis issues because the, the belt pulls the foot into plantar flexion a lot faster and you have to work harder eccentrically to slow the foot down. All right. So ask them that question. You know, have you had a change in shoe wear? People who go from a soft heel to a harder heeled shoe will have more problems. Um, and so you want to ask those questions to see if that, you know, or, or what's the surface that you're, that you're training on. Has that changed? Um, so that's a common uh, irritation, okay? The anterior tibial tendon or muscle will pull um, on the tibia, cause some irritation there. Um, what else here? Um, so you can have those issues. Um, I think what I'm going to do is before we continue on, we're going to talk, we're going to, we're going to take a break. We're just going to uh, hear from our sponsors and we're going to talk a little bit about stress fractures and uh, the soleus involvement here, which I think is huge. And we'll talk about how do you treat these things. So if you don't mind hanging on for a second, we're going to hear a word from our sponsor. Did you know that over 90% of foot and ankle problems are caused by a tight calf muscle? Introducing the Easy Slant, a durable, adjustable, and portable calf stretching device. The Easy Slant was designed to increase stretching compliance and get you back on your feet and feeling better, faster. So if you work with patients seeking to ease or avoid foot pain, or clients who want to improve their athletic performance, look no further. Visit easyslant.com to learn more or order yours today. Enter coupon code OEP for a 10% discount on your first Easy Slant. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Uh, we're talking shin splints today, um, a, a loaded um, diagnosis, something that can be very complicated, very difficult to treat. Um, you know, these people who come in with shin splints, um, I'll, I'll, you know, if it's uh, usually if it's female, uh, we see it more in females, but if we do see them in females, I might ask them if it's if their natural hair color is what it is. Um, we do notice that people who are blonde haired, blue eyed, freckles, uh, uh, people who sunburn really easily, those people stress fracture a lot easier 
and um, end up with periostitis type issues. People with vitamin D deficiencies also seem to have more trouble with that. So these are all little things that I look at when I'm evaluating these people, if I'm suspicious of um, some sort of a medial tibial stress syndrome or shin splints. Um, let's talk about stress fractures a little bit. This is very complicated. Not all stress fractures will be uh, picked up on an x-ray, but I do think it's important to identify if these shin splints are becoming chronic, if they're becoming more painful, and uh, they're not really responding. Um, palpate not only the medial and lateral ridge of the tibia, but go right on the center of the shaft of the tibia. See how uncomfortable they are there. You may use a tuning fork over the area. That can sometimes cause some irritation if they have a stress fracture, and sometimes even doing a pulsed ultrasound over the region that's going really, really slow can cause some, uh, some irritation at a, uh, you know, an area that is kind of stressing uh, a little too much. Um, it's important that you identify these because there's nothing worse than having somebody go out and actually fracture when they're in a race um, or if they're putting that leg under a lot of stress. Oftentimes, we just need to rest these people really well. Um, you know, bone density tests or not bone density tests, but um, um, Bone scans can be difficult to help identify this. Bone scans can come up hot, uh, even if they have just inflammation or general periostitis. Um, sometimes it requires an MRI, and we've seen some of these this year, um, where the MRI really identifies that uh, that fracture um, before it uh, happens. And so um, that's something you should take a look at. And, you know, sometimes you need to totally immobilize these people and they need to be out of sports, out of activity and take a, take a rest. I would check the vitamin D levels and, um, you know, see what that's looking like also. Now let's talk about the soleus. I think this is really a bigger culprit than any other, um, you know, issue in uh, shin splints. The, the soleus, you know, works when the knee is bent. Um, it helps to plant or flex the foot, but you need to remember where the Achilles and, and soleus uh, insertion is. Um, it is on the retrocalcaneal uh, tubercle, but a lot of those fibers attach medially on the calcaneus. So every time that calcaneus strikes the ground, and if it goes into valgus, it's going to excessively load the soleus because the soleus is trying to support it and keep it in a more neutral position. So eccentrically, the soleus is working very hard every time you strike the ground. Um, and so if you have, um, you know, an excessive amount of calcaneal eversion um, or valgus to the calcaneus, your soleus is going to work a lot harder. Um, and, and that can give you a lot of shin splint discomfort. Now, shin splints are different than having compartment syndrome. Compartment syndrome will give you numbness. It'll give you, um, you know, pain that'll last, uh, after activity for about an hour, then it will go away. Then you'll be able to resume all the rest of your activities. They do present a little bit differently, but as far as treating these issues, it doesn't matter really if it's a soleus issue, if it's a posterior tib tendon um, uh, irritation, anterior tib tendon irritation. It all comes down to a couple things. Is that heel moving excessively? Okay. Is there too much load? Um, if the heel is going into a valgus too much, you want to try to uh, stop that. You want to support that. Um, I'm a big advocate of orthotics only because you can cup the heel and support it. You can also support the medial arch and not allow that medial arch to collapse as much. If it's not collapsing as much, both the anterior tib and the posterior tib are not working as hard. The um, soleus is not going to have to work as hard and therefore not um, eccentrically load and stress the periosteum of the tibia. 
as much. Um, I also, I'll take these people and I'll put, I'll throw them into their old sneakers. And I know we just had an episode about old sneakers. Well, this is, this is a situation where I've had actually really good success treating patients acutely with these uh, shin splint issues by putting them into an old pair of sneakers only because if the heel is really soft, the foot is not going to tend to plant or flex as quickly. And then therefore you don't have to work on eccentrically loading as much to slow the foot down. So I have seen this um, work really well with patients. Now we don't do it forever, obviously. Um, and then sometimes, you know, putting a temporary orthotic in there and if they need to get to a custom orthotic, then that's fine. Um, also an advocate of compression. I like a good compressive stocking um, for these folks uh, just to act as a counterforce and to prevent swelling in the lower leg. Uh, and this can be very, very helpful. Now there are there are modalities that can that can also help, but this is really more of a biomechanical issue. All right. If the foot is collapsing medially too much, uh, I am a big advocate of strengthening the hip abductors to prevent uh, valgus at the knees and excessive pronation of the foot. Um, I think that it's important to start loading um, the anterior tib, posterior tib, soleus um, at a reasonable time to just try to help uh, increase the integrity of the tissue and uh, also to help rebuild, you know, those medial arch supporters. Um, so, you know, there are many factors in treating um, stress syndromes and uh, and uh, medial tibial stress syndrome and shin splints. Um, but take a look at a few of those things. Um, just take a good look at the foot and uh, see if uh, you know any of these muscles are working eccentrically a little bit too hard. Um, take a look at the factors that I told you were contributors and see if maybe there's an issue going on there. Uh, but don't let these go on too long because they can uh, turn out to be disastrous. Um, oftentimes, a little bit of rest and a good diet and uh, you know hydrating well and all these things can really uh, help to treat these uh, problems. So um, there. Here's my tidbit on shin splints. If you have any questions, would like to throw out anything in regarding uh, how you like to treat shin splints, please let me know at orthoevalpal.com. Go to our Get In Touch page and uh, leave me a note and I will uh, most certainly get back in touch with you. So again, folks, thank you for listening. I hope you're enjoying uh, the episodes. I certainly enjoy doing this and uh, we'll continue here with a uh, few segments on the uh, foot and ankle. And um, I think I've even got some, um, some guests who will be coming in and really uh, talking about some interesting stuff so uh, make sure you stay with us thanks again we hope you've enjoyed the show for some more awesome content go to orthoevalpal.com can't wait to see you there